are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Miami Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, April 16th, 2021, and on today's episode of the show, we're going to divide and conquer. We're going to look at the pass rushers in the first round, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of each. If you've been listening to this show over the course of the past couple of weeks, you've become acclimated to the pros and cons series, talking about Najee Harris's of the world, the Micah Parsons of the world, the Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddles. You get the point. The Penny Sewells of the world. Today with these pass rushers, I think this conversation is more friendly to be able to digest the likes of Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojolari, all of these guys in one shot. It's a grouping that I'm looking forward to. It's a really compelling and interesting group of pass rushers, each one of them bringing their own uh, unique sets of pros and cons to the Miami Dolphins specifically when you're accounting for what this team needs. And I'm looking forward to digging in diving in headfirst into this edge rusher group. So let's get into it. Let's not waste any time. We're going to start with University of Miami edge defender, defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever you want to classify him as he's going to be able to play. Jalen Phillips. So Jalen Phillips, if you've listened to me, any of the, the local radio spots that I do, whether it's WQAM or Alex Dono on onside radio, I think he's the best defensive player in the class if you're only accounting for the tape. And the tape doesn't lie with Jalen Phillips. You can see why this dude was a five-star recruit to UCLA and was a freshman phenom before a high ankle sprain kind of cost him significant time his freshman season. And then he was never really the same. He had a number of concussions, Medical retirement ends up coming out of retirement, transferring to Miami, and was an absolute monster in 2020 for the Miami Hurricanes. You would have thought that he was the dude stepping into the role that everybody expected from Gregory Rousseau based off Gregory Rousseau's 15-sack season in 2019. You would have thought this was that guy on film. No, a completely different style of player, whereas Gregory Rousseau is is somebody who I think is going to thrive and win more often than not in reduced tight five alignments, which means uh, you're very tight to the offensive tackle. You're down in the B gap in passing situations. Jalen Phillips can win in space. He can win in zone drops in shallow underneath areas of the field. He can win as a looper, which is really important for the Dolphins Blitz package. Listen, if you guys haven't gone to YouTube and looked up Coach Vass football for the Belichick 5-0 series uh, cover zero pressure packages, if you're a fan of the Miami Dolphins and you want to know what the Dolphins pressure packages look like, Coach Vass goes through like an hour's worth of video breaking down their nickel, cover one, pressure situations, and packages with calls, examples, all of it, or most of it, I should say, stemming from that playoff run when Brian Flores was the DC. It's invaluable insight into the way the inner workings of some of the Dolphins blitz packages. Because Brian Flores was a part of that team that Coach Vass 
does the deep dive on. And a lot of it, you know, games up front, creating chaos, being able to come back inside, being able to win strictly off the edge. Uh, Jalen Phillips is going to be able to check all of those boxes. Uh, he had a phenomenal pro day. His athletic testing is off the charts good. And you think this was his first year back, and he played a full season, thankfully. And if this is what he looks like on his first season back, if he can avoid concussions, imagine what he's going to look like in a few years. It's nightmare fuel to be 260 pounds and have the ability as a pass rusher that he does to create disassociation between each half of his body. What I mean by that is the lower half, if he's pressing up the field or pressing through a gap, he can keep his hips aligned. He can play with steep angles, kind of like what we were talking about with Najee Harris on yesterday's podcast, to apply a great deal of force and explosiveness at steep angles so that you can generate sharp turns and change of direction and turning the corners of pass rusher. But simultaneously from the waist up, if an offensive tackle is punching at my inside shoulder, I can turn those shoulders perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, force that offensive tackle to punch air, utilize a hand counter, but all the while my waist down is staying in the same plane that it would be if I was not engaged with an offensive tackle at all. Jalen Phillips has that ability on tape. He's got the length. He'll throw you out the way. It's phenomenal watching him play football. His tape is off the charts good. So if you're looking for an edge rusher at 18 because you want to wait on a running back for positional value, Jalen Phillips has got the tape. Let's talk about Quiddy Pay, University of Michigan. Uh, the floor and the ceiling are not too different from what Jalen Phillips has for Quiddy Pay. That's the good news. I certainly wish we could have got a bigger sample size of Quiddy Pay. In 2020, Michigan really played a reduced schedule, uh, but Pay flashed big time. I think he had three, three and a half sacks against Minnesota in the season opener. And that was kind of the knock on him coming into the year was how advanced is he as a pass rusher? I'll say this. He's not as advanced as Jalen Phillips, but he's every bit as good against the run. And if you believe the reported athletic testing for Quiddy Pay, he ran the 40 uh, had an injury and, and opted to not complete all his other testing. He's on Bruce Feldman's freaks list for a sub six four three cone drill, which at 277 pounds is unbelievable. If you're looking for pro boxes to check for pay to the Dolphins, the fact that he's 277 pounds, I think makes him an easy sell. We know how much Dolphins love mass in the trenches, both sides of the football. Think about their defensive line right now. Emmanuel Lagba, they had Shaq Lawson, Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Adam Butler's now in the mix. They like big dudes up front, just like on the offensive side of the ball. 323 pounds is the average size of the nine prominent signings this team's brought in over the last two years. They want physical dudes that will beat the tar out of you up front. Quiddy pay at 277? Yeah, he's going to check that box. Not to say Jalen Phillips is a small dude, but Quiddy Pay at 277 is prototypical build. The comp that I have for him is Ziggy Ansah. 
who went on to have a really successful career with the Detroit Lions, but you may just have to wait a little bit to get the best version of Quiddy Pay. Now, for a team like the Dolphins who are really focused in player development, maybe that's not a bad thing. And now let's talk about the pros of Aziz Ojolari. He's a very popular pick for Dolphins uh, in mock drafts. He's probably as bursty, if not more bursty, in those first three steps than the other two guys. He played at the highest level of competition in the SEC. Uh, He went against some really good offensive tackles throughout the course of his career, uh, and he claimed plenty of wins. He made a big jump this past year. If you like frantic, phonetic, urgent style of play on the edge, Aziz Ojolari is probably going to be that guy that jumps off the screen at you when you watch the University of Georgia play. He is predominantly an outside rusher. He is capable of coming back inside. Uh, He did so against Alex Leatherwood on the first play of the game against Alabama and planted Mac Jones like a tree. So he's fully capable of having diversity, but right now, uh, if you're looking for where you're going to put him in the best position to be successful, Aziz Ojolari, in my eyes, is a guy who you try to get him in one-on-one situations and let him win with his first step quickness off the edge. Production is a big win for Aziz Ojolari. You're looking for pros. He had nine and a half sacks in 2020 in just 10 games played. 12 and a half tackles for loss. A very persistent pressure player. And four forced fumbles this past year. That is a terrific number and a great indicator of his nose for the football and creating splash plays. Alternatively, Jalen Phillips had eight sacks and 15 and a half tackles for loss, three passes defense, but no forced fumbles in 2020. And Quiddy Pay, granted, played just four games. But if you go back to 2019, 12 games played, six and a half sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss, no forced fumbles. So that is the big edge for Aziz Ojolari is creating turnovers, not just creating negative plays and ending drives with drive-killing sacks and and putting the offense behind the chains, creating turnovers. That is the big edge for Aziz Ojolari. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They are the perfect way to bring light into the woman in your life life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked about the pros of these three guys. What I want to do now is I want to tag in our friends over at MockDraftable.com. This is an invaluable tool to look at the athletic profile of some of the best pass rushers in this year's class. What they do is this this is the spider charts that come out. Let's start with Jalen Phillips. Say you forecast him as a defensive end, which is what I think he would be for the Dolphins. He could play all over the place, but he's going to play defensive end. I want to read you the percentiles that Jalen Phillips logged at his pro day at the University of Miami relative to all NFL combine tests at the same position since 1999. Height, 87th percentile. Weight, 30th percentile. Okay, you know, he's 261. You get lumped in with a lot of bigger guys. That's fine. Wingspan, 58th percentile. 80.375 inches. His arm length, over 33 inches, 37th percentile. 33 plus is perfectly fine off the edge. That's, I believe, what Shaq Lawson had. His 10-yard split was a 159. That's 87th percentile amongst defensive ends since 1999. His 40-yard dash was a 458. That's 94th percentile of defensive ends since 1999. His vertical jump was 36 inches. That is 81st percentile of defensive end since 1999. His broad jump was 10 feet, 5 inches. That is 92nd percentile of defensive ends since 1999. His three cone, 713, 67th percentile. Ooh, big letdown since 1999. And his short shuttle, 4.18 seconds. That is the 91st percentile of defensive ends since 1999. Off the charts, good. You look at some of the comparable names based on his athletic profile. Jadavion Clowney, Deion Jordan, yikes, don't judge. Marcus Davenport, Robert Quinn, Matthias Kiwanuka. This is athletically speaking, there's some good names here. Jalen Phillips, extremely refined tape. He's not as explosive as Jadavion Clowney, right? Like Jadavion Clowney came through in 2014 at 266. He had better length. He had comparable explosiveness. But he was completely raw as a pass rusher, as evidenced by four and a half sacks in his first two seasons in the NFL. And there is a whole soapbox that we can get into, thanks to a report from Adam Beasley that said that one of the reasons the Dolphins did not pursue Jadavion Clowney in 2021 because of a reported or perceived lack of interest from Jadavion Clowney in playing in a Belichickian or Belichick disciple defense had enough of, quote-unquote, the Patriot way, which is too bad. Um, I, too, would hate getting 29 sacks in four seasons under a Belichick disciple, and then moving on and getting three sacks in two years in my next two teams. 
Doesn't sound very fun to me. I agree. You have every right as a player to make whatever decisions you want with your own career. But to simply say I'm not interested in playing with Brian Flores because he used to coach with New England under Bill Belichick is extremely lazy, and I think that's a shame. But anyway, you want to know who one of the top athletic profile comparisons is to Jadavion Clowney here on MockDraftable.com? You guessed it. Emmanuel Agba, member of the Miami Dolphins. So Jalen Phillips, from an athletic profile perspective, certainly meets the same criteria that you would expect the Dolphins uh, to bring to the table. Quiddy Pay, interestingly enough, uh, shaved down his weight for his pro day, came in at 261. He was on the Michigan roster at 277. But let's read through it. 6'2.5", at 17th percentile in height. Height is probably the least important thing on this list. 261. Okay, we cut it down. Arm length, 33 inches. Shorter arms than Jalen Phillips. 10-yard split, 166. At a 15-pound lighter weight than what you were listed at on the roster. Interesting to note. Uh, that's 42nd percentile. 40-yard dash, 457, 96th percentile. Vertical jump, 35 and a half, 78th percentile. Broad jump, 9 feet, 10 inches, 68th percentile. Bench press, 36 reps, 98th percentile. Some of the comps here, not too bad either. Brian Arakpo, Everson Griffin, Anthony Spencer, Ryan Kerrigan. I do think it's interesting that he checked in and was significantly lower than what he was listed at on the Michigan roster. If that's what he needed to be to ace the pre-draft process, he's still going to be perfectly fine as far as the Dolphins are concerned. But I do just want to acknowledge that that discrepancy, discrepancy exists and his 10-yard split and his wingspan. I mean, his wingspan was 20th percentile, 78 and a half inches. So he's not as wide as a, in a wingspan as what Jalen Phillips is either. So smaller than Jalen Phillips now, less athletic than Jalen Phillips. But still, again, very good options for comparables based on just his athletic profile. Anthony Spencer, Everson Griffin, Brian Kerrigan, Brian Arakpo. Plenty to work with there. Last one before we shift gears into the negatives. we got to talk about Aziz Ojolari. One of the things Mock Draftable does is it allows you to sort by positions specifically, and they have him listed in a different category than what the first two Jalen Phillips and Quiddy Pay are. So I'm going to reset the deck here, and we are going to review how he scored when you put him through the same filter, which is defensive end, as the others. 6-2 and one quarter. Smallest of the group. 249 pounds, 8th percentile in defensive ends. Smallest of the group. Here's the good news. Uh, 34 and a half inch arms, 82nd percentile. He's long as hell. 82 and a half in the wingspan. That's longer than, than Jalen Phillips by two full inches. And Jalen Phillips was two full inches longer than his, uh, than Quiddy Pay. Uh, his 10-yard split, 1-6, flat, 80th percentile, strong number. 40-yard dash, 4-6-3, 91st percentile. Vertical jump, 30 inches, 
17th percentile. Three-cone drill, 727, 40th percentile. Broad jump, 10-7, 94th percentile or back. 20-yard shuttle, 434, 71st percentile. So I do think what this showcases you uh, is worth noting, and then we can transition. First of all, the, the comps uh, based on athletic profile for Aziz Ojolari at defensive end. The notable ones, Noah Spence, Tack McKinley, Jason Babin. Just bear it all in mind, and then we'll talk about some of the cons about these guys. But not before I tell you about my friends at Built Bar. We have been telling you all about our friends at Built Bar for quite some time here on the Lockdown Network, and for good reason. If you like the world's most delicious protein bar, then Built Bar is probably going to be for you. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low sugar, 100% chocolate on all of their bars, 18 delicious flavors to choose from. What's not to like? You want something for breakfast? You want something for on the go? You want something post-workout? You want something keto-friendly? Built Bar can fill that void and need. Check that box in your life. So visit BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll save 15% on your next order. So visit BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% on your next order. Football season may be over. But Bet Online still has plenty of action for you to get in on with NBA, MLB, and NHL all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. From April 19th to the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On, an odyssey featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their respective teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all of the sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So let's start with Aziz Ojolari, because I think this is the most straightforward one. You're looking for cons. In drafting Aziz Ojolari, he was on the Georgia football roster last year at 240 pounds. He got up to 249. He had some admirable straight-line explosive testing. But I do think that is something that is present in Aziz Ojolari's tape at the University of Georgia it's what we talked about with Jalen Phillips, upper and lower body disassociation. I did not think that Aziz Ojolari was as natural in that phase of the game. And where that becomes a problem is when you as an outside rusher, and he remember, he primarily wins outside with wide angles, which A, is not where he's going to get a lot of reps with the Dolphins to begin with. When you are forced to dip that inside shoulder, and get low, 
and create a lot of tilt in your body or bend in your body and play at high speed at those high angles, if you don't have that lower body mobility, you'll have a hard time getting that inside foot to catch the ground, stick in the ground, and work your hips over top of the hips of the blocker. And you'll end up getting rode past the peak of the pocket a lot more than you'd like. Aziz Ojolari, with a 40th percentile three-cone drill of 727 at 249 pounds, I think is an indicator of what I saw on tape in that regard. It's a little bit of a flag. Now, of course, the other thing here is the Dolphins like big bodies up front. There is a path for Aziz Ojolari to get on the field, but it would, in my opinion be by competing for the Andrew Van Ginkle slash Vince Beagle type reps. Because Andrew Van Ginkle, granted, he's a fifth round pick. If you put him through the same exact scope as what we just put these other guys through, Van Ginkle, 6'3 241, 32 and a half inch arms, so he's not as big or long as Aziz Ojolari although I would argue he's about the same size as what Ojolari played at. His vertical jump, Ojolari jumped 30, Van Ginkle jumped 38. Granted, Ojolari got him by four inches in the broad jump, but in the three-cone, Ojolari ran a 7-2-7. Andrew Van Ginkle in the three-cone ran a 6-8-9. That's 94th percentile, his 20-yard shuttle. 414, 94th percentile. His agilities were off the charts. Aziz Ojolari does not have that. He is, in my opinion, more of a straight line, wide angle. You hear teams talk about, or people talk about wide nine defenses, which is those defensive ends that get a few yards outside of those offensive tackles in that quote-unquote nine alignment on the defensive line, and they're tilted in, and all they got to do is they try and run that straight line to the quarterback and take a little bit more deeper or deeper landmark, but hoping their speed will then in turn force tackles to bail out to try and hit their landmarks and cut them off, and they can reduce the angles. I have some questions about if Aziz Ojolari is the pass rusher to fit into the puzzle for the Dolphins, especially when you compare him to the other two guys that we're talking about between Jalen Phillips and Quiddy Pay. Now, Jalen Phillips, his testing was off the charts good. His tape is off the charts good. Concussion issues, so much so that you medically retired from UCLA, is a big red flag. So, too, is the fact he had a moped accident and had a couple bones removed from his wrist. So, medicals are really where you kind of get stuck in the mud on Jalen Phillips. That didn't deter the Dolphins from drafting Tua Tungvaloa with the number five overall pick. And at least Jalen Phillips has played a full season since his injury issues have mounted. But you do have to acknowledge that the biggest red flag with Jalen Phillips, and he may be there at 18, and the only reason he would be there is because of the medicals. If the Dolphins want to swing for a home run, you draft Jalen Phillips. 
if he's there for you at 18. But you're either going to hit a home run or you may strike out completely. You compare that to Quiddy Pay, and the appeal of Quiddy Pay is I think the floor is higher. He is just as good of a run defender. He is just as stout, if not more stout, at the point of attack. He meets all of the thresholds that you would look for for a guy who's going to play in line. Obviously, you know, it just mentioned his length is approximately the same as what you'd get with Shaq Lawson. Quiddy Pay is more explosive than Shaq Lawson. That's good. But he's probably two years away from giving you that fully fleshed out pass rush. So kind of what we talked about with some of the other players that we've talked about over the course of this series is the norms of return on investment. If you were a team, if you were in year one of your rebuild or even year two of your rebuild, Quiddy Pay is a much more attractive option because you have the luxury of time. You are drafting now with the expectation of being a playoff team. Will Quiddy Pay give you that from the jump and help you in your biggest area of need? I don't have that answer because we only saw him for four games and he was lights out against Minnesota but we did not get a big enough sample size to speak confidently to how he has developed as a pass rusher. Good news, the good news, is he did an interview with my colleague over the Draft Network, Jordan Reed, before the start of the season, and he openly talked about having self-awareness of pass rush development being a large point of emphasis for him. So in summary, Jalen Phillips, best tape, best athletic profile, Biggest medical questions. Aziz Ojolari, probably the worst fit from a physical profile perspective of the group, but had a big leap and played his best ball in 2020. Made the most of it. Quiddy Pay, small sample size, questions about his pass rush, prototypical build, high floor without the injury questions. You got all that? I'll let you decide which one you want. I tried to be as fair and objective to all three as I possibly could be relative to their fit within the Miami defense. If you're going to go with the defensive end in the first round, it's probably going to be one of those three guys. Could you go off the reservation, draft Jason away from Penn State? Never say never. Wouldn't be me, because as for the concerns that you have about Quiddy Pay giving you returns as a pass rusher early on, turn that up to 11, and that's Jason Oway. Did not have a sack in 2020. Wins as a pass rusher, uh, not where it needs to be, to say the least. But all the tools in the world that you could possibly want to work with. Gregory Rousseau, I'd say go ahead and put the first round talk for him on ice. You want to defer to 36? And even then, I think you get a reasonable chance of seeing him there at 50. Because he didn't play, he showed up light, and his explosiveness wasn't where we were hoping to see from a scouting lens. Lots of options. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to doing that next week, stacking these positions of need, stacking the board 
as far as the criteria we know exist for the Dolphins, projecting what we can anticipate based on their known ideologies and philosophies. It's going to be a fun week. So you are going to want to hit subscribe on the podcast. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Enjoy your weekends and fins up.